You are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to you, Locked On 49ers, closing the book today on the 2021 NFL Draft. Well, not really, because we're going to continue to dive super deep into all of these prospects in future shows as we move toward mini camps and rookie camps and training camp eventually. So we'll, we'll dig deep into all of these prospects that the 49ers added this weekend and some undrafted free agents. But just initial reactions from day three today, because we've already talked about day one and two over the weekend and uh, I do have some other notes as well, though, on those picks on day one and two. Some more reporting now, clearing up what happened with the number one pick, how they arrived at Trey Lance. Some interesting notes from Jim Trotter at NFL.com, which is really cool. So talk a little bit about that with Trey Lance and uh, and some thoughts about the draft as a whole, including the, the day two guys, the second and third rounders, but really introduce those day three picks and the undrafted free agents and my thoughts there. And not really a grade grade, but just more, you know, overall how I felt about the class and my favorite and least favorite picks for the 49ers in the 2021 draft. Uh, yeah, it was a nice day off. I had Sunday to not do any podcasting, not talk to anybody on the radio, join other podcasts. I did, what, like a dozen of my own podcasts last week. I uh, started doing a little bit of TV stuff locally. So I was like, I was, I feel like I was just nonstop talking. And, and you could probably tell the the latest podcast, like I was kind of gassed and dying. Like my voice is like, dude, come on, can we, can we cool it for a bit? So yeah, feel a little bit renewed here on this Monday as we can get into uh, this class as a whole now for the 49ers. Get to know some of these folks. I was like saying the wrong names and stuff. That's one of the crazy things that happens with the NFL draft is you just get all this information. You fill your head with it and it starts to push out other things. It's crazy. I was like calling Daniel Brunskill, Daniel Kilgore when I was talking with Oscar uh, on Saturday morning's show. It's wild how that happens. And uh, yeah, so I'm feeling good today. I'm ready to do this again. Let's, let's start prepping for that 2022 draft. And maybe a new direction. This is, uh, I think that's the number one takeaway of this entire draft for the 49ers. There's definitely a line here. I always think of the Back to the Future 2 when Marty is talking to Doc and they're in the screwed up 1985 and Doc goes on the chalkboard and draws a line. like, this is regular 1985 and this is where it's skewed into alternate 1985. I think this is that point where... The 49ers' trajectory as a franchise skewed. Obviously, when you're giving up as much as the 49ers did to go get your franchise quarterback and go draft a quarterback at number three, that's always going to be massive for your franchise. And if it pays off, then you've got that guy, and he is your face for 15 years. And that's what the 49ers are hoping they got in Trey Lance. And then I just think that there were some philosophical things that they did that were very telling on day two and day three as well. And, and how that might shape what the 49ers look like, maybe less so in 2021, but especially in 2022 and beyond. As always, you can hit me on Twitter at BDPeacock with any questions or comments or uh, topic ideas for the show. There's going to be plenty of room to get into a number of things here as we move toward the summer and training camp. Going to look backwards at some past drafts. I think it's a lot easier, obviously, and, and more proper to be grading past drafts. Usually it takes about three years. So maybe we'll do that. Look three years into the past and grade some drafts as well after we've thoroughly broken down all of the prospects the 49ers added this weekend. I want to start, though, with Jim Trotter's latest and some really good insight about the 49ers draft and how they landed on Trey Lance. And, and there's a few 
quotes that, <laughs> that I want to cover that are really fun. Uh, one of them was precisely 31 days after making the blockbuster trade, Shanahan looked Lynch in the eyes and asked, quote, are you ready to draft Trey? There was silence, then smiles. Quote, are you bleeping with me? Lynch said, brows arched. Don't bleep with me. So that was the moment where Shanahan realized Lance was his favorite guy. Lynch already believed that Lance was his favorite guy. And I think that's a really cool story that both guys came to the same conclusion somewhat independently. I'm sure they informed each other and and maybe just that was a natural process of them both liking guys. And hey, look at this guy. Hey, look at this guy. And we heard Kyle Shanahan talk about the story of, you know, back in January and he texted Lynch and Lynch was up until 2.30 in the morning watching tape of Trey Lance and, and checking him out. And I'm sure that love affair with Lance's talent started way back then, obviously. But it's it sounds like that it wasn't that thing where, because that was, you know, all along it was Mac Jones was Shanahan's guy and the scouting department had to convince him it was Trey. And maybe there was a little bit of that, but it's pretty clear that it wasn't Mac Jones. Mac Jones, according to this article from Jim Trotter, who sources 49ers CEO Jed York quite a bit, Jones was the fallback. Jones was the safety net, as he called it here. And it was Fields and it was Lance. And I don't know what point Lance overtook Fields, if it was, in fact, Fields originally. And I think the 49ers were probably more comfortable just because there's more information on Fields. Shanahan already knew him. Uh, The scouting department already had two full seasons of scouting him right. So I'm sure they had much more of a head start and a much more complete picture of Fields than they did Lance at that point, and even Jones, because obviously two full seasons of high-level play for a guy who was a former five-star recruit. Everybody knew knew who Justin Fields was, including Kyle Shanahan, for years. So that idea can now be put to bed, and, and I'm glad we got some clarification from this article from Jim Trotter that it was, in fact, Fields and Lance were the final two, and that's where the decision was. Mac Jones, who they liked, was the safety net and a player that they liked later on. And, and, you know, so I think all that kind of played out and that's what we saw. And now we can argue about the risk and the cost and all that when it comes to Trey Lance, but we know now who they liked, what the process was, and they were trying all along, which makes sense with the whole John Beck stuff and, and all the work they did trying to figure out if it was going to be Fields or if it was going to be Trey Lance. And in the end, they chose Trey Lance. Another another nugget that is just fantastic here. And look, this is how things can happen and how things can get out because it's so hard to keep everything secret. And even with Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch keeping this very tight, not telling anybody, even people inside the building, at some point you got to tell your owner what's going on. They told the owner. They told Jed York what was happening. And Jed York's not going to go out and blab to people. He might have told some folks, though. And one guy he did tell was Frank Gore. And this is how things get crazy because one person tells their brother-in-law or their wife. Or it's just really hard to keep all the things, these things so secret. And that's why you see coaches and GMs that are so hardened from this process. And they won't tell anybody. They won't tell their wives, they won't tell their family, they don't even tell people in the building, they want to keep this so contained as the 49ers have and we've seen how, that's the best way because you can have a quiet building and trust people that it's not going to get out but it just takes the smallest thing and look, the owner could have done it because he talked to Frank Gore about it and Frank Gore could have told people too, right? Because at that point, once it's out, it's out. This is how much Jed York values former 49ers running back Frank Gore. He actually contacted Gore and asked him to take a look at Trey Lance and tell him what he thought. 
And then finally, Tuesday night before the draft, Gore called him back and said, you won't give up all of that for a pocket passer. You don't give that up and still need to call a perfect play for a guy. This guy can make plays even when the call ain't perfect. He has a chance to be special in that offense, talking about Trey Lance. So Trey Lance even got the Frank Gore stamp of approval in this process through the owner and CEO and Jed York. So I thought that was a really cool story. And of course, everyone loves the Frank Gore tie-ins. And at some point, I would imagine he would have an opportunity to come back to the 49ers before he retires and sign that one-day contract and maybe just stay in the building and start coaching with the 49ers, right? They think that highly of him. And Bobby Turner can't be running back's coach forever. At some point, he's got to retire. So maybe Frank Gore would be the perfect man to hand that baton off to for Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers and and sort of be like the Tom Rathman that shows up and, and stays for a very long time and is tied into the organization. That would be really cool. So Frank Gore. I have a feeling we're going to we're going to see a lot more Frank Gore around the 49ers at some point, but I would still like to see more of him on the field until he's 50 years old. Why not? All right, let's get into these 49ers, some of the newest 49ers drafted over the weekend, the day three picks. And when you look at the day three picks mixed with the day two picks and their number three overall selection in Trey Lance, what did we learn about the direction the 49ers are going in 2021 and beyond? Hey, 49ers fans, I want to tell you about Nugenics, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text DRAFT to 231231. That number is 231231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testafin, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and Lean Muscle Mass. Nugenics Total T is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Now that the NFL draft is over, you can go find win totals at betonline.ag. How did teams improve? Do you think a certain team's chances to win the Super Bowl next year have changed? Win some money on it at betonline.ag. They've also got some fresh odds on Offensive Rookie of the Year. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, second, tied with Trey Lance. Kind of like Zach Wilson at 7-1. to one. Kyle Pitts, 11-1 to one on the defensive side for Rookie of the Year next season. Micah Parsons leads that at 4-1. to one. Jalen Phillips, 7-1. to one. J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan at 10-1, to one, along with Zayvon Collins. And the second rounder, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, one of the steals of the draft, in my opinion. 12-1 to one odds. NBA, NHL, Major League, baseball, table games, poker. All you got to do to get involved in the action is head to the website at betonline.ag or the mobile app. Use promo code LOCKEDON when signing up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Okay, very interesting now. Uh, After saying all that in the first segment, there's actually some time that passed between When I recorded segment one and segment two, some other things to do today, I had to take my car in to get it fixed. Since then, Kyle Shanahan appearing on the Rich Eisen show, admitting now that that reporting from Trotter and some other folks we've heard was wrong, and it actually was between Mac Jones and Trey Lance. So that's from Kyle Shanahan. We can put that to bed. 
Quite interesting. Okay, so uh, multiple different reports here. Now we know it was actually between Mac and Lance in the end, but that Kyle Shanahan did like Fields enough to take him at 12 where they originally were. And as it turns out, Fields goes only one spot ahead of 12 after Chicago Bears move up to 11 with the Giants and Mac Jones would have been there for Kyle at 12, ends up with the New England Patriots at 15. Niners obviously go up and it was Trey Lance at the end that won out because of his physical talent, because uh, he loved the person and that the person matched the tape and he fell in love with both and those together. So Luckily for 49ers fans, it wasn't Mac Jones at three, and it was actually Trey Lance. So uh, maybe dodged a bullet. Who knows? Maybe Mac Jones ends up being the best player. But wow, okay, now now we know that. And uh, pretty much everything I said about the Jim Trotter article in the first segment, now proven wrong. Well, not, not everything, but just the one fact about it being actually um, Fields and Lance. Turns out it was Lance and Jones were the final Two, with Fields being the third or the fifth quarterback total because he keeps talking about five quarterbacks. So obviously he liked the guys who went one and two as well in Trevor Lawrence and Wilson. And I wonder if he liked, in the end, Trey Lance more than Wilson. That would be interesting. There, there's more follow-up questions that need to be asked of Kyle Shanahan. I, I need to be in, in one of these interview rooms so I can ask him some of these things. And I'm sure in time we'll get all of that information. But very interesting. Had to pass that along now that we know. And what was it about Fields that didn't have Kyle Shanahan convinced? But the Chicago Bears liked him enough to go all the way up and get him and draft him over Mac Jones. And it has been reported now in the last couple of days that the Minnesota Vikings were trying to make a small move up or hoping that Justin Fields would fall to them at 14. They really liked Fields, but then in the end it was, and they had talked to some teams up in the same area that Chicago moved up to get him. And in the end, it was the Bears that went up and got him at 11. So that's crazy how different this whole thing could have turned out with one less move here or there. Uh, it's going to be fun, just like it was with all those five quarterbacks that went in the first round in 2018 and to follow these careers and see how they all turn out with all these quarterbacks. Fascinating stuff, fascinating stuff. But uh, to be honest, if it was between Mac and Trey, it's a good thing it turned out to be Trey. And uh, I have been critical of the process that led them to give up so much so early to move up because I didn't think they needed to. But I think there's a lot of fans out there that were so anti-Mac Jones that they would have rather spent three first-round picks on Trey Lance than just the one first-round pick at 12 if they didn't make a move on Mac Jones. Interesting. Okay, I would love to hear your thoughts on that, actually, at BD Peacock. Hit me up. What would you prefer, Mac at 12 or, as it turns out, moving all the way up with all those draft picks for Trey Lance? A feeling I have a feeling I know what that answer is going to be. Let's stop talking about the number one pick or the first round pick and number three overall and talk about some of these players that were drafted later. Uh, some thoughts about the 49ers draft picks here when it comes to round two really quick. And I've already talked about it a little bit and we'll get more detailed with all of these guys. But Aaron Banks, bigger bodied offensive lineman, doesn't look like he's that classic wide zone athletic offensive lineman that would fit in, in Kyle Shanahan's scheme, but he actually graded out very well in that sort of a scheme in outside zone running plays. And Trey Sermon is a similar idea to that, but uh, but the running back version. He is a bigger running back. He doesn't have that breakaway 4-3 speed that a lot of the Shanahan running backs have had since he joined the 49ers. But he's got good feet. He's really good in the first 10 yards, which is important because that's what you need to move the chains. And he also 
played very well in a zone running game. So fits, but a different style of a fit for the same scheme, if that makes sense. Jalen Moore, similar, big body guy. Uh, He's a former tight end, but he's not like Brunskill. He's not that lean, long, athletic former tight end. He's big, and he is more like Aaron Banks with uh, 6'4", 311, um, more of a squatty frame than a really linear frame, and he projects, even though he played tackle at Western Michigan, projects inside most likely to play some guard. So I'm wondering if uh, this is looking ahead when it comes to Jalen Moore, the fifth-round pick, the the first of three fifth-round picks for the 49ers. I wonder if Jalen Moore is a player that they're hoping can develop quickly and can compete for maybe the left guard job when Lake and Tomlinson's contract is over after this year or is Aaron Banks going to to move back over to the left side where he played in college or is he just going to stick next to his old college buddy Mike McGlinchey and play right guard long term for the 49ers but uh, stylistically interesting with what they're doing with running backs and guards but then in round six the last selection of the NFL draft was Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana he threw down a 4-3. He actually dropped some weight. He played more at like 210 pounds. 5'10", 201 is what he weighed in at his pro day and ran four threes. Maybe didn't play that fast, but definitely played fast. He broke out a ton of runs at Louisiana for the Rage and Cajuns. He does have some big playability, but I saw him lower the shoulder and run over some guys too. Runs a little bit upright at times, but this is a fantastic fit. Uh, pick and a fantastic fit. I love Elijah Mitchell out of Louisiana. This is exactly where you draft running backs. I think he could be huge in Kyle Shanahan's scheme, and who knows, maybe he even outplays Trey Sermon at some point, but uh, very similar to what we have with the speedy Raheem Mostert and the more angry runner, the more bigger, powerful player in Jeff Wilson. Both those guys going into the last years of their contracts, are they just going to be one-for-one one replaced and we're going to have Trey Sermon on early downs and then the change-up guy being the sixth-rounder in Elijah Mitchell at running back and a one-two punch there. They would fit very good together, it seems like. So I think the 49ers absolutely preparing for the future. They want to continue to be able to run the football, though. That is pretty obvious and really the big loser of both uh, the third and sixth rounds with those running backs, Trey Sermon and Elijah Mitchell being drafted by the 49ers is Jermichael Hasty. He was on the practice squad last year, and at this point in time, it doesn't seem like the 49ers would be able to keep someone like him on the final 53-man roster. He could go back to the practice squad. Maybe Elijah Mitchell could be someone who they sneak back onto the practice squad this year. And, of course, as we know, with running backs, there's going to be injuries. So there's probably an opportunity for all these guys at some point to be up with the big squad and be taking handoffs for the 49ers. Which quarterback will be handing him the ball is going to be the big storyline all summer long for the 49ers. Ambry Thomas, cornerback from Michigan, and Diamador Lenore, cornerback from Oregon. Lenore, the fifth rounder, 5'10", 199 pounds. Ambry Thomas, 5'11", 191 pounds. Both of them are athletic both under six feet tall. And when the pick was made of Ambry Thomas, I thought, oh, he looks like a scrappy slot type of a corner. I bet that's what they have in store for Thomas. Then they got an even smaller corner later in the fifth round in Lenore. And now when you look at the 49ers roster, unless they re-sign Richard Sherman, which I think is somewhat possible still, things might be a little bit different under D'Amico Ryans on defense. They don't have any, well, they have one. They have one corner currently 
that's over six feet tall that, that has a good chance of making the roster. Tim Harris, I think, is a hair over six feet tall as well, but obviously he's bounced on and off the roster. I don't think he's someone you could count on to stick, but Deontay Johnson, 6'2", he's the only player that fits that long, lengthy, 6'2", long-armed mold that the 49ers have employed under Robert Sala, which started out on a very you know strict cover three type of a scheme on defense, and they've slowly moved away from that and put in some other concepts, a little bit more man, a little bit more cover two, a lot more cover four. And this tells me that they're going to continue that path. D'Amico Ryan's as a player, didn't you know? Didn't come up playing in a, in a cover three scheme with the Houston Texans. So I have a feeling we're going to see maybe not a complete phase out, but possibly you know, an all, a nearly complete phase out of that cover three and more two high safety looks. A lot of cover two, a lot of cover four, some man concepts as well. There's been talk that the 49ers are going to blitz a lot more on defense. I don't really know where that came from. If you have a link to any kind of article or something uh, where that spawned, but I've seen a lot of that recently of people saying there's going to be a lot more blitzing involved with the 49ers scheme this year. Interesting. I don't know that it's going to go become a, a very man-heavy scheme because if that was the case, I think they would have put more emphasis on corners. Not that they didn't draft good corners, but they just didn't draft them super high. And the more I watch Ambry Thomas, the more I realize, uh, you know, he could be definitely a man cover. Press man uh, is something that he does very well. He's a very scrappy guy. He competes, and he opted out last year. So maybe they got a top 50 sort of a corner in Ambry Thomas and were able to steal him at pick 102 because he opted out last year and maybe fell through the cracks a little bit. I'm going to watch a little closer to see if I can really back that up and really feel good about that last statement. That's a big maybe from me, but Ambry Thomas, interesting. I still think, you know, he was probably drafted in the right spot just from my initial look, but we're going to get deeper into all of these prospects and maybe he'll be a lockdown man corner. Maybe you put him outside and you let uh, Jason Fred on the other side and you play a whole bunch of man, but I get a feeling cover four, cover two is what we're going to see as the predominant defense going forward under D'Amico Ryans for the 49ers if we're just using their their draft and, and what they did in free agency and all of the resources that they've spent so far this offseason. If we're using that as clues, I really feel like that's the direction they're going on defense and on offense. It's pretty clear that when they are developing this young quarterback in Trey Lance, they absolutely want to be able to protect him. They want big bodies in front of him, and they want to be able to run the ball. And to be honest, that is a fantastic way to develop a young quarterback, and I'm all on board with that idea. We'll see if they're able to put that into practice and if it works out that way. But that that, that makes a lot of sense when you really look at their total draft and you look at Trey Lance and then what they want to put around him is a really strong running game. Uh, Aaron Banks, I think, got beat for two sacks over the course of two full seasons and played every game. So consistency there maybe over upside. If you can just plug and play Aaron Banks and he can start at right guard as a rookie and he's not giving up a whole bunch of pressure inside and he's big and strong and good in the running game and fits with the outside zone, then absolutely it's a great pick. And that's going to help your young quarterback develop because there's not going to be people in his face and he's going to have more time to throw, more time to process what he needs to process as a young quarterback, and the 49ers will be able to run the ball to protect their young quarterback. So that is really what the 2021 drafts told me about the direction the 49ers are taking this thing on both sides of the ball 
into the future. The winner of Built Bar Madness, the best flavor as voted on by Built Bar Eaters Coconut Brownie Chunk, is now back in stock at BuiltBar.com. Go pick yourself up a box. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off or build your own box of any flavors you want of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. 130 calories, 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate. Get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's locked 15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. What are the 49ers' plans at safety? Are they going to start running more of a, you know, a dime, dime linebacker look? They flirted with it last year a little bit. They brought back Jaquaski Tart. Most people, me included, thought maybe he would be gone in free agency. They brought back Tart. You have Marcel Harris. You obviously have Jimmy Ward still. You have Tarvarius Moore. Pretty crowded room already. They brought in other free agents at the position. They flirted with Tony Jefferson. I don't, I think they might have closed the door on that one. I didn't see if Tony Jefferson had signed with anybody else yet. But they've always, obviously had a lot of interest in strong safeties. Are they looking at the bigger bodied strong safeties as more of a hybrid linebacker situation? Are they just really unhappy with the guys they have? They had Kai Nakua, who was a practice squad guy last year. Tavon Wilson is one of the free agents they brought in this year. Jaron Maiden was on the practice squad as well last year out of Alabama, undrafted free agent, who's a, who was a good player. I liked that pickup last year as an undrafted free agent. So a lot of bodies now with Hufanga joining the show at strong safety and, and free safety to boost. So, some depth there, some training camp battles. You would think Tard and Wart are the starters. Is this about replacing Marcel Harris? They're not happy with him. Do they have a new position that they want guys like Harris and Hufanga to play? So they want a veteran like Wilson to come in and back up Tart at strong safety because they want this dime linebacker look. Interesting how that's going to play out there. But they've obviously had some interest in strong safeties in free agency. My thought is that they just want to both replace Marcel Harris or at least bring in competition for him at the back end of the roster and also try to develop somebody and get lucky and maybe have a future starting strong safety when Jaquaski Tart's gone because he's still coming back only on a, on a one-year contract. They can use Jimmy Ward, though. Jimmy Ward could be close to the line of scrimmage and play that strong safety role with Tarvarius Moore over the top as well. So I don't know. I, I don't know exactly what to expect. I, I have a feeling what we're going to see there with the cover four and the cover two based on what they're doing at corner. Lenore most likely is going to be backing up Kwan Williams in the slot, I would assume. Then you have Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley starting at the outside corners. You have Dante Johnson providing some depth there, potentially getting his job taken by Ambry Thomas on the outside. Thomas could probably play some inside as well. I don't know. Tim Harris is still around. Ken Webster, Brian Body, Calhoun. So they do have some competition on the roster at corner, but... Beyond, like if Verrett gets hurt in training camp, Verrett has an extensive injury history. If he gets hurt early in the season or in training camp, I'd be a little bit worried. Uh, K1 Williams has a huge injury history as well. If both those guys 
missed time. Now you got Mosley on one side and you're rolling with a rookie outside or, you know, a, a pretty dirty starter at veteran on the outside of that. That could become a problem still. So definitely something to, to look for, but that's where, you know, one of those zone schemes can, you know, if you just have a, a smart, tough player out there that is over the top in a cover four and, and rallying to the football, I can see why that wouldn't matter as much if you don't have a bunch of really sticky cover corners or if you're still developing a bunch of young players. You got to get home with the pass rush, obviously, is where this whole defense will continue to make its money, right? That Everything is based off of that. Get pressure with your front four. So important. Judging by my Twitter mentions, it's uh, it was very clear and prominent to most 49ers fans that they did not draft a wide receiver. They did select, though, or they did sign, not select, but sign. They, you got you to recruit these guys after the draft. Austin Watkins out of UAB, which is someone I've been putting a lot in 49ers mock drafts, and was a fantastic signing, I think, for the 49ers, and has absolutely a chance to stick. Maybe even the next Kendrick Bourne there. Not even drafted! <laughs> he He's definitely a guy that can stick. Austin Watkins, he's got ball skills. He's got size. He's about 6'1", 6'2", 210 pounds. Uh, can go up and get the ball in a crowd. He's tough running after the catch. He's got fantastic hands and ball skills, which is just the number one thing that stands out with him. And I would not be shocked at all if he sticks and even uh, becomes you know the number three or four guy as early as his rookie season or at least by year two because he's got that kind of talent but they've they've got a lot of bodies at wide receiver it's kind of like what's going on in the defensive backfield a lot of bodies you kind of know who the starters are going to be one and two and beyond that it's a free-for-all they're they're going to be battling it out and I think there's a lot of roster fights in camp for those depth spots which is good that's that's a good thing to have on your roster but with the injuries this team has seen with some of those positions, it could get pretty lean pretty quick if nobody's really standing out there. So wide receiver, Richie James, I like him in the slot. Uh, apparently the team likes him enough, probably could as much of a loser as Jermichael Hasty was with them drafting two running backs is that's how much of a winner Richie James was with them not drafting any wide receivers. And even Austin Watkins is a very different guy. And the 49ers don't have a lot of guys shaped like that. Even Muhammad Sanu, who's a bigger bodied wide receiver, is more of a big slot type. So you have your little slot in Richie James. You have your big slot in Muhammad Sanu. Is he even going to stick? He's bounced on and off the roster. Travis Benjamin, no idea what to think about him after the opt-out. And by the way, I do see your questions about Julio Jones and some other potential veterans via trade coming to the 49ers. I will attack those questions tomorrow. Uh, there's a bunch of guys I don't want to name the entire roster, but they're going to fight it out. I, I think that's, you know... Kyle Shanahan says he has six guys that he likes. Jalen Hurd, will he actually make an appearance? Last year's seventh rounder and Juwan Jennings, the big body guy as well. They've drafted some size recently at wide receiver now. When you start to look at Hurd, Jennings, and now, I mean, Kevin White's still around. He's still technically on the roster. Uh, obviously, if he didn't, last year was his year. If he was going to actually be something, he would he would have been on the roster and, and been on the field more. So I, I don't know if there's even much to expect from him but Kyle Shanahan says he has six receivers that he likes they they signed Trent Sherfield I have a feeling he's one of them and the rest of the guys are going to battle it out it's going to be a fun training camp battle to watch Austin Watkins is absolutely someone I believe that can stick and maybe he has to go to the practice squad first and earn his keep Juwan Jennings no idea what to expect out of him I would still like him to bulk up and become a tight end 
uh, because he's big enough to do that. He's already 6'3", 220 pounds. He might even be closer to 6'4". He's got size, and he will hit the heck out of you, so why not utilize that as a move tight end, right? But uh, there's no preseason, so nothing to really go on with the, those types of players from last year. No idea. We'll see. It's going to be a fun position. A couple other undrafted free agents that I haven't really watched much of at all. Elijah Sullivan, linebacker from Kansas State. A couple of linebackers. Justin Hilliard as well from Ohio State. We're going to learn about Justin Hilliard from the host of Locked On Buckeyes, the College Ohio State podcast here on the network is going to be joining me at some point this week. And we're going to talk about not only Trey Sermon, but the undrafted linebacker in Justin Hilliard as well. And then... Coach Doug Peterson's son, Josh Peterson. And I don't know if this was like one of those things where you're like doing somebody else in the league a favor or if he actually has a chance to stick. His athletic score was just awful out of Louisiana Monroe, a tight end. His athletic scores, I don't know if I even have his testing numbers up here, but I just remember seeing his RAS, his relative athletic score, which and I can't remember who's in charge of doing that, um, but fantastic work. Thank you for the person that I'm blanking on right now that does those RES, the rat, the, the relative athletic scores. It's kind of, I think they got to change the name of that spark rolls off the tongue, right? I like the spark scores, the RES, the relative athletic scores, not as catchy of a name. I, I think they do need to work on that, but uh, I love the folks that are doing those types of things. And that type of work makes it easier for us to really see in a quick glance, what kind of an athlete somebody is. So here it is. Don't have the RES score, but the composite score. But he's 6'4", 234 pounds, 480, 40-yard dash, uh, short, <laughs> vertical awful. I think the only player on this list that was below 30 inches, 28.5-inch vertical jump, very pedestrian numbers, bad three-cone. Uh, Josh Peterson, don't want to say anything bad about him. I don't want to say this is nepotism and he's getting a shot because his dad coaches in the league, but it looks to me by his profile he has – about 0% chance of sticking with the 49ers roster, and they just need a body at tight end to be training camp fodder, and apparently they really like I thought they could have drafted a tight end, but looks like uh, either there's some um, hybrid tight ends currently on the roster, as I talked about before. Maybe Hurd does make an appearance and starts to go in that direction. Maybe Juwan Jennings, too. Uh, they like, obviously, they like Ross Dwelly a lot, and they drafted Charlie Warner last year, so we'll see what he looks like in year two. So just some training camp fodder there with Peterson. But the other three, especially Austin Watkins, have a real shot. And it's a small... I can't remember the last time the 49ers had fewer undrafted free agents. Anyway, that is the 49ers draft class. Initial reactions, a quick glance i will get more in depth in all of these players as we roll along this spring toward training camp more guests more of your questions hit me at bd peacock to get those in talk to you tomorrow right here locked on 49ers